Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, fellow humans. I am delighted to be welcoming you to the Hot Mess Clubhouse, a new weekly podcast celebrating funny women. My name is Lucy Vine. I'm a writer, journalist, author, or if you're paying whatever you need me to be. Every week I will be here speaking to a different comedian, author, actor, screenwriter, or anyone who makes me laugh. Which brings me to my very first guest, the incredible comedian Desiree Birch. She's the host of new Netflix game show Flinch, which started last week and is something like I'm a celebrity, but actually even more horrifying. Uh, we talk about filming that alongside co-hosts Sean Walsh and Lloyd Griffith. We also talk lowly lists, dating apps, and filming yourself having sex. Hope you enjoy this chat, and if you do, a review would be really so lovely. Hello, Desiree Birch. Hi. I'm, I'm so excited you're here today. Thank oh, you thank so you much so for joining much. me. What have you been up to today? You said you were tired. Oh my God. Is that uh, not... I don't know. Can I say fuck all? Yeah. Uh, I've, <laughs> uh, I have that... Um, Comedian performer schedule, so I mean, this is uh, it is only um, half noon and it is early for some of us. Yes, sorry, to I don't drag know. You it's out. fine. I just don't have a personality until nightfall usually. So um, this should be interesting. But, but you're living good. in London. Did you get oh, yeah? here by the tube? I did. Well, you know, tube and national rail because you know I'm living in London, which means Greater London. Oh. Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> and we, as British people, love talking about how we got to places. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that? I think everyone loves sort of um, bragging about how terrible their commute is. Do you find that that is a genuinely a British thing? Have you noticed how different? Uh, obviously, you're American. Yes, I am. <laughs> we oh, also love that's kind of you to question. We thought I could have been Canadian there for a second. <laughs> well, I didn't so want nice. to be offensive, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You never offend an American, <laughs> but you will offend a Canadian. So yeah. it's always good to. Desiree, you are a very funny woman. That is why you're here. Cheers. The Thank Hot you. Mess Clubhouse Thank is for you. funny women. Yeah. This Welcome this is a very neat, hot mess clubhouse. Thank you. Thank you. Very orderly. Where do you think your sense of humor comes from? Uh, survival instincts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I um, I just realized early off that uh, humor was the sort of grease in the wheels of society because I was definitely not as... Um, you know, a fat kid, black kid, and very sort of white suburbia going to just naturally fit in. Everyone's like, hey, you're you're here. What the hell are you doing here? Were you, you know? funny back then? Like, is it yeah. something you were just sort of always funny? Or has it, did yeah, you I remember it? figuring out that I was funny at like five oh, because right. I could entertain uh, the sort of, you know, six, seven, and eight-year-olds on the other side of the did fence. Did you put on shows? I mean, it wasn't that like – my parents would never have cared enough for me to stop what they were doing and to like put on a show for them. But I think that I just sort of held that in terms 
her internally and also I just made sure to be a little bit clever so that people thought of me differently than I could tell they were thinking of me before I opened my mouth, you know? (laughs) So it is just a way of being controlling. And I think everybody, to a certain extent, has certain narratives that are projected on them that they then have to uh, work within or fight against. And if the narrative projected on you is very broad, vague, and not very sort of uh, inclusive or flattering, you really do have to be very strategic about being like, this is who I am, and I would really love for you to see who I am. So I'm going to try to find ways to express that that still make you like me because I'm like only a kid, so I don't want to piss anyone off just yet. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I'm uh, a middle kid, so that oh. also feeds a lot into Give this me narrative. Attention. Yeah, or like, no, I'm alive. Yeah. Is anyone, anyone, you know? But oh, they man. say, um, I mean, obviously it's a bit of a pseudoscience, but middle children are supposed to be the best. I they think turn out the so. best because benign neglect is actually really good for you. Yeah, well, it does make you uh, strive. A lot more, you know, I think so. So how would you describe your sense of humor? Like, do you think it's funny when a stranger trips over? What kind of humor? I mean, uh... (laughs) What makes you laugh? I think it's a combination of sort of filth, the absurd, (laughs) and then the childish, too. I think that, um, I think that... In part, it's sometimes the things that you shouldn't say or shouldn't think about or whatever or the um, insights that somebody makes by connecting two divergent things or um, just clowns, you know, like not literal like you know party clowns, but there are lots of performers who are essentially just clowns who yeah. um, are clearly very intellectual people but don't feel the need to show that off because that's very serious and instead it hides in, in – um, You know, uh, one of the people that I watched growing up uh, that I'm nothing like per se, but always admired is somebody like Carol Burnett. Wow, right. Um, And yeah, and I mean, she's clearly brilliant, but like had no problem like getting, contorting her body into like weird positions and just sort of being like, huh? Like, why is my head between my legs right now? And then like having that knowing look sort of to camera or knowing look to like, is anybody realizing how crazy this is? I think she's so... Uh, brilliant and uh, but then at the same time I obviously grew up liking uh, stand-ups like someone like Richard Pryor somebody like Bill Hicks you know people who are very socially and psychologically progressive and very uh, honest and bare and I think that those things are funny because they're what we're we're all looking for that kind of intimacy and that kind of vulnerability and it takes a lot to be able to to bear that to people and to stand with that yeah I only discovered people like that when I was growing up but I remember watching a lot of American telly and mm. the, they would make references to people like Carol Burnett and stuff like that. And it was always, um, I, I quite often felt like I wasn't part of a club. <laughs> mm. do you, how do you feel about well, references like that? Like I rem- it's, I'm thinking Will and Grace, like they yeah. had just just constant references, cultural references that yeah, I did not understand. I understand that very <laughs> yeah. much now that I live here in this context sure. because there are plenty of, of yeah, references. Yeah, do you watch British telly that you're like, what the fuck Yeah, or just talking? even Who's in Jimmy comedy Savile? clubs or whatever. Well, yeah, we know who Jimmy Savile is. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I was you like, might not have never, done 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I would not have done. But you get here and very quickly you suddenly learn that everyone's accepts, yeah. obsessed with pedos because Oh, we love of, a pedo. You know, yeah. It's just like... Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow, they are really everywhere. Everyone's touching him up on these kids. Um, yeah, I, I, I sometimes feel similarly in, you know, there are plenty of shows that everybody saw growing up, you know, shops people go to. Um, you know, at Woolworths. Uh, I assume that it's like a... Fancy or non-fancy shop? Super no non-fancy, yeah. But every town had a Woolworths. Okay. And everybody was obsessed with the pick and mix. And they shut them all down. I feel like I – am I making up that uh, we had Woolworths in the States too? Did you? And it was like a sort of, you know, drugstore, like a, a Walgreens or whatever. But it was like sort of yeah. a department. It was like part Debenhams and part, yeah. you know, whatever, just like your boots or whatever. everything. And Hodge yeah, you get – you go there nonsense. to do the Christmas shopping and buy a perfume or a lovely scarf but also there's candies and also it's like the family store that uh, capitalism killed <laughs> right I assume yeah. that's something like that that sounds yeah. right sure yeah. sure sure <laughs> are you uh, going to Edinburgh Fringe this I year I am yeah. are you excited uh, mostly filled with dread at this sure, point sure. as most comedians are at this stage uh, yeah but I, I I'm excited for what I hope and dream the show might be but full of dread because I know it is not yet are you not thing? ready for it? I mean, no, but it is April. Okay. How much no do you rehearse? At what um, point do you start? Quite a bit. I mean, at which point I start, the point at which I start is like deep and utter panic and being able to meet up with my director and start right. doing things. I mean, I've started doing works in progress and things like that. But, um, you know, sometimes you think of, of jokes just out of the sky or things that you want to talk about that are funny that you might do in a club but that maybe don't necessarily fit into a theme that you'd like to talk about in a show. And that's sort of the way that I create my stand-up shows because I come from a theater background and a solo performance background that I like to be able to thematically connect things. And I think I'm working toward being able to do that more in my stand-up world. I think my first stand-up hour was was sort of a collection of jokes that I had, but that I found sort of a thread to tie through them. And the last one, Unfuckable, was a lot more like, this has got a thesis statement to it. Nice. And I, I prefer making work like that. Um, you then have to find this middle ground of making something that it works as an hour of here's what I want to say and also as several 10-minute bits that you can then use for another year while you go do stand-up. Yeah, so Somewhere between a TED Talk and a stuff. Yeah, and, yeah and just like a variety. <laughs> Variety hour, right? Sure. Yeah. So it's um. That sounds like the dream. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's what you dream about, and then the closer you get to the deadline, the more you just go, oh, "This is what it is." But nobody wants to be in that dreadful position that you can wind up in, where you are doing a show for twenty four days in a row that you just don't believe in, or that you cease to be interested in, or have, that has that ever? Ha- have you ended up doing that at all? Uh, no, not yet. Um, but like. I think that it's quite possible to be like, oh, this worked at the time, but actually I don't even feel like telling these jokes. I mean, there are definitely days you wake up at that festival and you're like, I don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like being alive. I certainly don't feel like talking to people. I definitely don't want to talk to a group of people for an hour about things that I'm claiming are important when, you know, really nothing is more important than sleep. But um, (laughs) Yeah, so far, so good in that I haven't been in the position of being like, oh, I just don't really believe in what I'm saying or, like, believe these jokes are funny or that it's important at all. Because it's fucking intensive at Edinburgh Fringe, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually never been. Every single year oh, count yourself I go, lucky. no, come on. It I, sounds amazing. But it, it only sounds amazing to punters. Okay. Everyone who works it is kind of it's like, awful. yeah, I mean, it's it's – 
there is that sort of arts camp feel to it that can yeah. happen where you're seeing that's what I imagine that it is just a massive fuck fest that everybody's just it used to be much more other. of a fuck fest no, I think yeah. it's becoming so much more uh, pressurized mm, and work orientated <laughs> that yeah it's just I've uh, the first one I ever did was before I lived here in 2009 and I distinctly remember it being a lot more fun and obviously the last couple of years that I've gone I've been working my little tushy off so it's really just like all your fun is getting in my way I've got to get down to the cow gate for another gig or whatever and so like please just get out of the way stop drinking all day long please stop don't trying to put your issues. penis on me I need yeah, to get to right? work you know that's what the yeah. poster is for and no more <laughs> Oh, yeah. penis is on me. But yeah, I, I, I don't want to be a downer about it. I can imagine that it can be quite fun for people who are engaged in seeing lots of different kinds of work and have the sort of buzz of, and also, you know, if you feel like drinking all day, I'm just in, uh, you know, a time in my life where that just doesn't feel good or interest sure. me as much. And mostly I'm just trying to get out the street without someone I don't really know very well shouting my name out and having to have a conversation and then being <laughs> like, oh yeah, what time's your show on? Like, we're going to pretend that we're seeing each other's shows when that's never going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, I was just uh, getting so real about it. But I get that people who go are like, this is so much fun. But I stare at them and I'm like, you could be in Bermuda. Like, why would you spend your holiday here? I don't understand. How much do you like comedy? So this is the part um, of the chat okay. where I... Um, ask you where I put you through the clubhouse initiation oh wow is there a blood sacrifice yes cool okay are you ready yes Uh, how ordered is your life not Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 3.5 to a maybe solid 5 bit of a hot mess yeah yeah what does a hot mess mean to you I don't know. It's something that got hurled at me before I knew what it was. And I was like, I remember coming off stage once and my friend was like, oh, girl, you are a hot mess. And I'm like, look, I'm sweating and I just did an hour. So suck it up. Um, But I think it's been embraced a lot more. But I I think it's it's a hot mess in comparison to this ideal that very few people achieve. And the ones who do are boring as hell. Like it's easy to achieve order and the sort of appearance of saintliness when you have one thing going on in your life and you're boring as Definitely agreed. Uh, Do you hate stuff more than you love stuff? Oh, that's a tough question because you know what I want to say and what I'm going to say, right? You know, I know. I mean, I so funny because I've been told uh, by someone who's like, you're a bit of a hater, aren't you? But it was only because I wasn't into like dancing to the Black Eyed Peas at her party. And I was like, this sucks. Sorry. Um, So like I I do get a little I'm like, I do. I can be a little bit judgy about some things. Uh, I think I definitely get that from my mom. It took me most of my life to realize where it came from. Um, And Judging is fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it is identifying. At least you know what you're not or what you're not into. But the more you judge things, the more you're setting yourself up for living another decade and finding that you are those things or, you know, actually like those things. So I think that hate and love are much closer together than love and a lot of other things or hate and a lot of other things. So I don't know. I... The things that I, I – I would love to be more grateful for the things that I love, but it's easier to pick out the things that I don't. Although when I'm around people who are distinctly, like, hate things, I'm just like, oh, you're so negative. Like, I think I'm much more of an optimistic person that's just like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think as long as you're passionate about your 
opinions. Yeah, yeah. It's just the middle yeah. ground thing that's lame. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I both love and hate things. I just, um, I wish that I could do more loving than hating, but it depends on the time of day. And month. Depends on the mood. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm quite a moody girl. Yeah. Are you a naked person? I mean, you're yes. naked right now. Yep, exactly. So, so. I can't deny that um, <laughs> it's something that's very important to me. I do feel the most comfortable that way. But um, it depends on the context, sure. right? You know? Do you wander around your house naked? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I live on the ground floor, so that's not Great. wise. I, you got sometimes, a dozen flatmates. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I finally lived on my own, Amazing. which is why I can do that. Um, yeah. But then it's just like it's a. There's like a whole like I will definitely forget and leave the windows like un you know sort of shuttered. Yeah, yeah, and I usually don't mind a bit of exhibitionism, but now that I'm getting a little bit more recognized, I definitely don't need secret like snaps taken of me. That is a weird thing that happens when you're like, is this person randomly taking a picture of me on the street like that's creepy why would you do that no i think they just want to go on their instagram like saw this person that you might know from tv outside in the real world but like definitely took an ugly side picture of them just to prove that i was there i'm like i have photos yeah, what, there, I mean, that do, I've you, approved. do you object to people taking selfies if they ask? If they if they ask, I'm usually not that bothered by it. I'm like, that's fine as long as it's not in, like. But it's weird I mean, sometimes when they take it's a like I'm shot. trying to go into the toilets right now. I have to pee, so I really don't have time for the selfie. I appreciate that you're excited about the fact that I also pee in the ladies, <laughs> but um, but be yeah, out in. Between one minute and 12 minutes. Yeah, I think, but it's just that, um, you know, because everybody has their insecurities and their vanity and whatnot, and it's just kind of like, also, I'm just in the middle of something. Like, why would you, I don't want to always be looked at, I guess. You know, that's the thing about um, being a performer is that you get to be a control freak about how you are looked at and when and why. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly you are in a place where you have no control and everyone's just like, oh, look. And, you know, you asked for it. This is a weird... um level to fame then, isn't it? Yeah, Um, because I don't necessarily feel that, but other people presume that and then act accordingly. So then they're acting weird around you because they're like, you're you. And you're like, yeah. But literally months ago, you would have just been like, who's this random bitch (laughs) taking up a place in the queue in front of me, you know? Is that a weird thing when you're, da- I don't know, are you dating at the moment? No, because it is a weird thing, you know. You try to go on any mm. of these apps. It's nice oh, well, if it's somebody. Awful, well, yeah, it's awful even as a norm a, it's like, a, like me. <laughs> hot, sassy peach nightmare on those things. Oh, yeah. and, uh, but it is difficult when someone knows uh, who you are because they already have an idea and a narrative about who you are that you cannot, no matter how much you try to be vulnerable and direct, disabuse them of. You know, they they... They have a story of you and you've spent so much time in your life trying to be like, I'm trying to change the story of me or uh, inform you of what I think that story should be. And they're like, yeah, but no, you're like this. And I know you better than you know. Yeah. and Because and <laughs> I saw you on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And nobody wants to date the person who's like, I know you better than you, you know. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. We haven't met. And also it's an unequal footing because I don't know anything about you and things are always going to circle back around to me in a way that is it seems unequally weighted. But I guess it is a way to filter out the assholes. I mean, but bit. isn't isn't all of the online dating, yeah. it's like, well, everyone on here is an asshole, including Some myself. of shit. <laughs> it really is. I got a bit distracted from the uh, quick fire. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yep. Do you worry that Siri and or Alexa are listening to you? I don't worry, I know. So Yeah, but yeah. does it bother you? 
Yeah, but at this point, you kind of have to be beyond bother. Like, the only hope is that they are gathering so much information, they'll never be able to do anything with it. Like CCTV in the UK, where it's just like, yeah, there are all these cameras here, but, like, you know, probably 20% of them are actually working. Like, they never have the footage they actually need for when a crime is being committed. So, other than, I mean, I also, I have to say it sucks, but I don't have kids. So, you know, I'm probably going to be dead before they actually start, like, controlling everything that we do. And I'm pretty psyched about that. It's going to be lovely <laughs> to be terrible. dead. Happy dead about is going to be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What food or drink do you judge people for ordering? Um, yeah, there is isn't <laughs> food that, I mean, they're just foods that I don't like. Uh, but I'm trying to think of um, things where I'm just like, oh, you're one of those douchebags. Yeah, um, what is the most expensive thing on the menu? Yeah, or just, or just yeah, I mean, even people who are like, I'm going to get this 15-pound avocado toast. I'm like, I am get it. It's always pretty tasty. And we always pay way too much for those things. And but it's usually yeah. a sort of three centimeter wide piece of toast. Yeah, I mean, there's a place near me that gives you two pieces of ginormous toast and whatever with like Perfect. eggs and salmon and the and it's amazing. And I feel like a a posh cunt for ordering it because it's like <laughs> you could have made this at your home. You know, like Is you have posh avocados. Something Americans say. It just no, I just I've ever heard that in an American accent. I've, well, because <laughs> I've been living here long enough to that I now no longer know who says what. You know, can so. you say bloody hell for me. <laughs> um, yeah, but you, you can only say that and they're like, bloody hell. But like, that's can. not even like, you can't, I, if I just go, yeah. uh, yeah, that's what every bloody American's hell. default uh, <laughs> British accent uh, is, is, is either Cockney or like, very, very proper. Yes, you know? the, the queen. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't sound like anything. So if I just said bloody hell, you know, it, it actually sounds like blood and hell and not like yes. a really fun swear. Yes. So um, I, when I think it in my head, it is in a British voice. Amazing. Yeah, there's certain phrases that I am. But like things like uh, posh, I, you know, you just say that because you do comedy and people yeah. go like, oh, we understand what posh is and yeah. you do too. Yay. Do you think you've become quite anglicized? When um, you go home, do people go, oh, your accent's really faded? N- uh, no. No. 
I think that uh, because my accent tends to, my ex used to say that I do sound more, uh, slightly more British in inflection and intonation when I'm just sort of here. But when I speak to any of my American friends on the phone or in real life, I sound more American. I think I'm just sort of adaptive in that w- middle child, right? So like <laughs> adapt to the situation a bit. I mean, that's a thing that I that irritates me to a certain extent. Like when grown people who have moved to the UK pick up like a weird hybrid middle of the road accent. I mean, maybe it's just a thing that happens to some people, but I kind of feel like part of of me being interesting at all is being American, so I'm just going to try to stay that way. Um, But it just sounds so weird when everyone has this, like, bullshit Madonna accent. I was just going to say Madonna, right? Yeah, and other people have it, and it's like, you're not, like, you grew up for, your accent tends to be formed from your youth. Maybe if you lived here for, like, 20 years, things are going to get a little bit mixed, because at some point you're like, do we say schedule or schedule like do we say what do we say you know you just forget and so it gets mixed yeah. one thing that's happening to me all the time is just saying mate meanwhile all the English people are saying dude yeah yeah exactly yeah uh, do you ever get lonely um, pretty much a default state yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds sad, but I'm just going to be honest and own up to it. I feel mostly lonely. (laughs) And then especially the more work that I'm doing, you know, because, yeah, the busier you are and the more successful you are and the more people are like, oh, wow, you're doing so much. And you're like, yeah, I don't really have very much time to be a person. I'm trying to work to rectify that. Um, It got really difficult last year, but it was definitely probably one of the busiest years on record for me. And I, um, yeah, I, I think I've been quite lonely for a majority of my life. I think that's part of the function that comedy serves is Mm -hmm. to feel any kind of sense of connection and belonging. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying to be better about being less of a workaholic to mask that Mm -hmm. uh, loneliness and just to actually reach out to people that I care about because life is short and we'll all be gone soon. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, though, that um, your job must sort of feed the loneliness thing because... I found this a tiny bit like as when my books have come out and you get loads of attention and there's just all this like sort of people are talking to you and, and giving you compliments all the time and it must be like when you're on stage and everybody's clapping and shouting and then you kind of co- go off or go home. Yeah. And it's just this sort of weird And there's love. nothing but the yeah. bottle <laughs> the um, waiting for you. But I mean, I think that does have to do a lot with the um, the sort of tendency toward addiction and things that you mm. find in people who are creative. I mean... I think a lot of what we do is to try to seek acceptance and belonging. And then paradoxically, when people see that and applaud you, it uh, isolates you even further from them when you were kind of like, do you love me now? And I think that, you know, unfortunately, we seek that outside of ourselves as opposed to knowing that we have value and that we can belong as we are. Uh, But that's part of whatever, what drives, you know, uh, the world as we know it. Um, And so, yeah, after after you do these, especially because, Sometimes you're on the road and you're going back to a hotel room or, you know, a couch that you're crashing on and you have a lot of connections with people that don't ever exist again. Mm-hmm. And so um, it feels like the world is full, but the, the more clips that are in your highlight reel, the more you feel like this sort of isolated eye observing them and not like part of any of those pictures that you have. So, um, yeah, loneliness is real Weird and frequent and consistent. Now, yeah, well, I think everybody's feeling that to a certain extent, yeah. and some people know how to cope better than mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, so. 
Um, well, on that note, you've survived the initiation. That isn't really an oh, initiation. Oh, yeah, right. I'm um, so sorry because I did not have enough good answers to here that. Here is your welcome discussion. to the clubhouse. Oh, my back. gosh. There's a welcome back. Are you kidding me? Is there a pick and mix inside? Let's Almost. See. Oh it's my more gosh. chocolate. There are treats. So many treats. This do you actually awesome. like chocolate? A bit? Do you you do drink, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, yes, that's kind of. I, I don't know as much, but I do as, drink. As we really like drinking. Yeah, right? I know. We just cannot keep up with the amount of. We haven't been doing it since we were kids, and so <laughs> yeah, the, I, like I had two really glasses like of it. wine the other night, and I was like, well, I still feel messed up from Sunday. I love like it. I still feel like, Meh. and everyone's like, ah, you don't need water. Just have another drink. Suck it up. Yeah, yeah we get really angry when people try and have try to be healthy like water between or, or even just not drink we get so so angry so yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like no one's judging you i mean everyone's judging but no one's judging you for wanting to drink you know i <laughs> no, just we encourage it yes. yeah especially when the sun is out because of, oh yeah so do you actually like chocolate there's cho- do, a lot of chocolate like, in there there's uh yeah there are all kinds of see i i is don't any, know what a revel is and oh so i will gosh. find out they're amazing they're, they're uh, whispers i know there's something from kinder which is always a good yeah. good shout thank you so much yeah so we have to i've already been talking to you today. Yeah, sorry, sorry ages, I but do. I have to ask you about your new show on Netflix. Ah, yes. Flinch. Flinch, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I can do. Um, <laughs> Looks amazing. Uh, it should be really, really fun. It was uh, it was insane to do. Um, <laughs> it and it's also insane, yes. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I, they told everybody a very limited amount, like just enough to get us involved, and usually all you have to do is say Netflix, and then people are like, yeah, I'm there. Um, and it's, you know, it is essentially... Um, uh, an assortment of challenges that are created that are designed to make you flinch as a human being. So things coming at your face or loud noises or, um, you know, other sensation, just sort of interactions with animals uh, because we film this in a barn outside of Belfast, right? Yes, do. in a barn Why like not? you do. <laughs> so they shipped everyone up there and then out to a barn and you, uh, it's myself and Lloyd Griffith and Sean Walsh are the presenters. Did and you so know them before? Or? I did not. Oh. They knew each other, so sure. they were already mates. I didn't know either of them before having done the show. So that was, you did know. Did you so, watch Strictly? Um, I didn't. It was interesting because we um, were doing the ADR for the show while um, Sean was filming Strictly. So, you know, like you only see the sort of... Um, uh, I didn't watch it. I only like heard about all the all stuff the that drama. went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you know, I mean, like, yes. I par- it sounds like that show functions on at least one oh. drama per series, I think right? This one, that one, might have been the most insanely like breaking up and yeah, getting off with each other. Yeah, yet. well, yeah. They always I are. mean, Sean is a sweetheart, but you can't fuck around with your girlfriend on her birthday. On her birthday, on her birthday. Yeah, that was dark, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Don't let him dance with you. Yeah, but Don't also, is him. that not the problem with the show? I mean, it's things it's like so Love sexy. Island and things like that, where it's like you are literally transmitting oxytocin to the other person by holding them and being in their presence so much for so long. It is nearly impossible Surely. not to par- fall partly in love with someone that you're in that much human contact with. Like, that is the way that we are designed. Obviously, we have executive function to try to make some wiser choices about what we do with that information. But it's hard not to feel it. And then as a comedian, we're so uh, 
thirsty in general for love and acceptance and just and I know especially a lot of comics who were not accepted as young people find that the acceptance of being uh, well known is intoxicating so I completely get how it could happen and I totally have sympathy but also you kind of have to have sympathy for her more because she got like deeply fucked over and and that sucks and and in such a public forum I mean that's the hardest part is that these things could happen in private and they'd be painful but at least they'd be yours yeah, you absolutely. Know. Yeah, I couldn't handle being famous at all. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I don't know how anyone handles yeah. it. I Would you know. do Strictly? Oh, yeah, yeah in a heartbeat. At least you learn how to dance. Like, yeah, that's and, great. And you know, hot sex with your partner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, who's probably already married to some yeah, other, that, like, Russian fine. dancer or something who's, like, impeccably beautiful. But, like, it's, at least you get to, like... I love that because you're actually learning some kind of a human skill that's it's really wonderful. Skill. And then you're getting all made up and put into like fancy outfits. And yeah, you know, I think no matter how far you get, it's an exhilarating experience to have people watch you dance because it's kind of like having people watch you have sex only much more attractive. Yeah. You know, because nobody really looks <laughs> as good all. as they imagine they do when they're having sex. Yeah. Like I would never, yeah. I don't get people who video themselves. I'm like, the angles are all wrong. I think I tried it when I was like uh, 19, when I was first, ha- first that having is the sex only the time. That you should try it. It's also when I tried like every single thing. Yeah. I, I was like. You're ticking boxes <laughs> off. You're like, we're doing all the sex stuff. All yeah. the sex. Where's yeah. the list of sex stuff? It was stuff? awful. It was all awful. Just like missionary. That's it. <laughs> well, it is the place in which I can get the most gratification potentially with the least amount of work. So Perfect. who doesn't love that? That is yeah. the capitalism. I don't want to have to put in any effort, for God's sake. Yeah. And we're like, oh, get on top. And I'm like, oh, I will wrestle you sake. for it. Fuck that. I've had dinner. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, my knees are shot. You're going to have to, we're going to have to figure out. I mean, now I now understand the equipment, like the sex furniture that they sell. I'm like, oh, I need a like sex bench or something, (laughs) you know, because I just, you know, because there are positions you want to do. But like, I'm not like as flexible as I'm going to get. I think that at some point everyone gets a sex related injury of some sort. Like, you know, like you just wake up and you're like, Ah, uh, your hips all out of sorts, or you've like sprained a wrist or something. You know, like we all get those. Yeah. I'd love to not leave in a bandage. <laughs> but also, you're supposed to get fully naked, and I've just got bits flapping about. It's so uncomfortable. Of it's course. like trying to do sport without wearing a sports, sports bra. Sports bra. It, that is exactly it. You know. Um, and so, yeah, you kind of have to get. I think that. If you have sex with men, they tend to never really care or pay attention to that. They're so much more visual and they're yeah. and they've got this sort of imagination thing and they're just excited to be looking at boobs. Yeah. Whereas yours like, um, that ham slam noise is really getting to me <laughs> and like we're gonna have to change it up or like uh, really it's hilarious that this music came on while yeah. we were do you know, like yeah. Um, there's yeah. so many funny stories where like the, where they don't even pay attention and they're like, What? And you're like, Do you not get the I guess we just have more time to think. Yeah, maybe. We're just more distracted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just going through our to-do list. Yeah. (laughs) Lying there. (laughs) Oh, and I was going to ask the Netflix show. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, we got completely off. So, um, But um, did you do any of the challenges yourself? Yes, we all had to do at the end of every episode and every recording because we have certain um, participants are ones that we've randomly chosen to represent us and our point scale. And so ultimately the forfeit that we have to do at the end is the one of us that's gotten the most points. We've had the most sort of duds as far as people who could not stand up to the challenge have to face one of our own. So we each uh, randomly lost at some point and had to do uh, one of those challenges ourselves. Um, so yeah, I, de- I definitely had to do a few of them. How are um, you with fear? I mean, I think that 
Uh, everybody has their own things that upset them. I'm pretty okay with stuff that, like, you know what's going to come. But there were plenty of activities where if you've got a brass band behind you and you don't know that and then suddenly cymbals go off behind your head, you're going to flinch. That is a human response to loud noise and danger. We have spent many millennia adapting these skills. And then this one show is like, hey, look at you, evolved human being. Look at you, fucker. You know, like, you're going to, like... Anytime you're in, you have your head trapped in a box and then they release rats at your face. Oh, my God. I did not have to do that, but someone else did. One that I had to do that I thought was rather clever was there was this sort of uh, choo-choo train of bad smells. (laughs) And so the flinch is just based on smell, which is great to, like, uh, confront a different sense rather than vision or even sound. Um, So it was really clever just to be like, here's some, like, you know, uh, stinking bishop cheese and here's some rotting meat with maggots in it. The rotting meat was the hardest one and then there was that there's that um not Swedish fish Norwegian fish whatever you know that fermented fish thing oh, God. yeah that I thing. just can't handle it yeah uh, it would be all right you know so you were pretty good at the shot I was I was fairly good they yeah. didn't fi- I mean you know they were yeah, the symbols going crashing behind my head. There was no resistance to, but I didn't That's have just instinctive, surely. Yeah, of course. I didn't have any of the ones with the animals. I think other people got animal ones, and I think both uh, Lloyd and Sean were a little bit more trepidatious around certain animals than I was. Yeah, get Rebecca to tune into the ones. Sean's <laughs> <laughs> getting tortured. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Just to be like, mm, just a little warm spot. In my Move heart. those rats closer to his face. I also didn't have to do any of the ones with fire, which is fine in general. Oh my God, but fire. yes, but I'm because of my hair, which everyone can see in an image of me. I'm quite a flammable, flammable <laughs> person. Like I definitely at fancy dinners with candlelight, accidentally set parts of my hair on fire. So like that would have been honestly for That's me. I'm just lovely smell. Yeah, right. Burnt hair. I just I mean, well, when it's in a beauty shop, there's something comforting about it. But like over an open flame, totally disgusting. Yeah, I think it's little things. Like I just didn't want anything to mess up my hair. Yeah. Honestly, that's that's the extent of my fear in this thing. If, as long as doesn't mess up my hair we can totally do this amazing thank you so so thanks much for, for joining having me, me today, thank Desiree. you for my welcome back this is Not so sweet is there anything else you'd like to plug before we um oh i will say that you should come and see my show in edinburgh this summer if you are up that way i will be on tour actually in the uk in the fall the show's called desiree's coming early um come check it out uh yeah so i'll be on at the hive at 7:40 in edinburgh and i'll be probably in a town near you uh circa october november i also have a comedy central special coming out in may uh uh, so check that out if you have Comedy Central. Amazing. And you've got a mailing list, haven't you? So maybe just yeah, sign up to that. Yeah, I'm at Des the Ray on Twitter and Instagram and that kind of thing. So you Follow can find me there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you everyone out there for joining me. Uh, please rate and subscribe if you have a minute. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone out there for listening with those lovely ears. Next week on the podcast, we have the very brilliant and hilarious Natasha Dimitriou in a special live recording at Waterstones. Please do join us for the fun. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.